and welcome to another episode of Careering, where we interview fearless females about what makes them tick both in business and in life. I'm your host, Lori Halter, and I can't wait to have you here today's episode. Let's jump right in. Hey, careering fans, I am so, so excited today to be with Carrie Wise, who is the CMO at Autofy and the president of the Women of Color Automotive Network. Welcome, Carrie. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I am just thrilled to have you on the show. I've been wanting to have you on forever. We're sitting here at Digital Dealer in Tampa, Florida, beautiful Tampa, Florida. Um, And I just want to get a chance to sit down with you because you have really seen or I have watched you rise as a leading <laughs> female through a number of different companies. So let's start out. Where are you now? And kind of give us your, give us the quick short intro of how you got here. Yes. Yeah. It feels so long. 23 years in the industry. Wow. I think since 98. So I got in at 99. So oh, really? Isn't that so bizarre? That was such a, like important time, I think, yes. in the business, especially yeah. technology rise, right? It was kind of taking yeah. off. It was the dot-com bubble. Oh, Remember dot com. how crazy exactly. that was? Why yeah. did I take that job at Google, that startup Google? No, what? what? <laughs> Why did we I not? Like, if only we could go back. <laughs> But I, um, I, funny enough, I grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area, so that, that, oh my like, gosh, that was really a real possibility. Yeah, you really should have taken it. <laughs> but I, um, I started in automotive, like many of us just fell into the industry. Yeah. I had a, I was going to Cal State Northridge in Los Angeles and, okay. uh, we had, you know, marketing program. I was a part of the marketing program. There was a graduate program and there was a professor named Dave Power. Mm-hmm. who is also known as J.D. Power, oh, James David okay. Power. It's all coming together. Exactly. And he, um, as just like a passion project or a love, wanted to give back. And so he would teach sometimes in the graduate program. Okay. And so here I am. I'm a senior. I'm looking for an internship. And, you know, I, everyone's like, look, there's you can get a job at J.D. Power because he's tied to the university. So That's applied amazing. there and became the intern on the Honda Acura sales and service um, tracking study. This is okay. basically a study where we're, we're, we're measuring uh, sales satisfaction, service satisfaction with their dealerships. Okay. And so that was actually my first ever project in automotive. Wow. And so, so you and you literally just came out of school and in automotive. Literally internship and then became a full-time job. You know, graduated on a Friday, started at JD Power full-time wow. on the Honda Acura project. And so really what it did was it gave me a viewpoint of the sales and the service experience, mm-hmm. but from the consumer standpoint, right? Okay, and we're yeah. sharing these insights with the manufacturer, they're sharing it with their dealers. Um, and then went on to just, you know, navigate my way through out JD Power and Associates in research, but eventually in sales and consulting. And so I'm digging even deeper, working with dealers on mystery yeah. shops, focus groups with customers. So you're really digging so, deep on the dealership information. Absolutely. And it's really where I fell in love. You know, I worked a lot with the OEMs. Yeah. But I fell in love with the dealership experience. You know, I didn't want anything to do with cars per se, but that experience <laughs> and, um, and then moved on to Edmonds, mm-hmm. uh, led their training department, let, uh, we launched their dealer business and okay. I joined the company, uh, spent some time there, we moved on to true car. That was a really uh, eventful part of my career. Yes. And I and, think I met you while you were at true car. Yeah, I think absolutely. That's when we met. Exactly. And when yeah. I joined the company, you know, they had really struggled in terms of dealer perception. I was hired as their VP. It was my very first VP job. Yep. VP of dealer relations. Oh, I remember that. And I remember I just, thinking, oh, she's got to work cut out for I walked right it. towards yeah. the fire. <laughs> Talk about 
courage. That's exactly. Yeah, right. and I remember they put me in, you know, automotive news to announce I was joining the company, and it was it was it was such an amazing learning experience, and also just um, it kind of catapulted my career because yeah. while I was hated and punched in the face a lot, oh, I'm peers, sure, I'm sure, um, people knew me, right? Yeah. And so, and I was, you know, I was more known at, at, at True Car. I eventually went. I went into marketing. I really that was kind of like. One of my key roles as a vice president yeah. in marketing, I uh, spent six years there and then eventually landed at Audify over this last year. So I've only been there a year. Um, I'm the, obviously the chief marketing officer, but it's just been such a great experience at Audify because yeah. I'm now for the first time working solely with the retailers, dealers, OEMs, lenders who are all enabling digital commerce. And I'm right. not sitting in between the consumer and the dealer. Yeah. Most of my jobs, if you think about it, that's so interesting kind of in the middle. So I, I've always yeah. been that way too, because yeah. we, uh, we do PR, but for the vendors right. that are trying to sell into the dealerships. Exactly. So I'll have a lot of people say like, Oh, do you know so-and-so? And I'm like, listen, if it's an auto group or a dealer, probably not. Right. Like I know most vendors on this side. But yes. Not the yeah. Side. So it's, yeah. it's been nice kind of enabling dealers and other retailers. Yeah. Um, to sell cars better, right? In a more efficiently right. in a digital way. So. Well, and like I said, I mean, you've just been, you're, you're, I've just watched your rising star. You, you are do. like accelerating so fast. Let's talk, there's so much to talk about, but let's talk about a little bit about off camera. We were talking about um, what you think of as authentic leadership yes. and early on how you felt like maybe you needed to play a certain role. And I, I yeah. completely concur by the way, cause we've had about the same amount of time in the mm -hmm. industry. And so let's talk a little bit about that. How, what was the lesson early on? How did you try and fit in and equate that to like now today? Yeah. And I think, you know, when I was in my JD power days and this was kind of my first 12 years of my career. Yeah. In some ways I was blessed with an environment that enabled me to be myself, but I was also more junior in my career. Yeah. So that's when you have all your friends and you're going to lunch with right. them. And <laughs> it's like a little bit like going to college, totally. right? Like in your early years I was going to say like career. a sorority and fraternity, exactly, right? Like right. Yeah, and exactly. um, you're hanging out, you're playing in, you know, we were playing in sports leagues together <laughs> right. and all of that. So I, I feel like, you know, in some, in some ways I was able to be myself, yeah. but at the same time, you know, getting a business degree, getting a marketing degree, I think you have this vision of what it's going to be like when you're a director mm -hmm. or I remember that was a real big title for me, you know, early to in my career to, to think about yeah. like a director, this is what a director is going to be. <laughs> and, for, and, and a vice president, you know, I don't even know if I really had that my sights on that, but like you had this vision and, and the vision was that I'm probably going to have to get a lot more serious, a lot yeah. more stern than I am naturally. Right. Right. I can naturally, definitely see that. I like to relate in some ways. I'm a people pleaser and mm -hmm. it's, it's a great thing about me, but it's also a fault. Right. And I think you think about when I'm in this leadership role, I'm not going to be able to have fun anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I totally get it. Like you equate professionalism yes. with seriousness. Yes. Right. Yes. And you think that the higher you go up the ladder, the more serious you need to become. That's to, and, and part of that's to get that respect, yes. right? Because I, some of the leaders yeah. that you remembered and some of the leaders I remember early in my career, particularly at JD Power, which was much more traditional, they had a kind of a, um, they were stoic in some ways, right? right. They yes. had that, that, that energy that was, um, uh, a little bit more, you know, that polished, yes, <laughs> yes, stern. And so you think, okay, I'm going to have to get there somehow, right. or I'm going to have to turn this part of my personality off. 
And so, you know, I think I've, I, I tried that at times, not successfully. Yeah. But then other times I said, you know, I'm just going to be me. And I think where I, de- I determined that being me worked was that I was still moving up the ladder. Yeah. Right. I made it to the director. You finally got to the director. I squeezed my way in here. (laughs) I love that. Like, how did this happen? You're like, I hope no one realizes this. No one realizes (laughs) that I'm highly personable and love to relate to my employees. But like, that's really what it was is that, you know, when my employees were performing particularly, I was kind of okay letting my guard down to an extent to be more connected to them on a deeper level. Absolutely. Because they were doing what they were supposed to be doing. That's exactly it. Like, yeah. And then you pull back a little bit when someone's not performing as well, because you need to have that, that objectivity to be able to guide them and to give them feedback and things like that. So, so I think for me, I, I learned that when I related to my employees, one, I was of all the bosses in the company, people wanted to work for me. That's a huge advantage, right? That's a huge advantage when people think about, I want to be on Carrie's team. Right. People outside the company. Well, I was going to say, or people inside the company hearing people say, I want to be on Carrie's team. That's exactly it. Like what a beautiful like referral for you. That's exactly it. And I also realized that at the end of the day, uh, my performance isn't tied to me being stoic, me saying the right things, I guess, in these, in the meetings. Yep. It was tied to the outcomes. Or being you, authentically who you are. Well, that's true. But absolutely, if I could be myself, but but if I can ultimately execute. Yes. Right? Right. The project gets done. It gets done on budget. We see the results. Yeah. That's what matters, right? And so I don't need to pretend to be someone I'm not. I don't need to um, come in with this heavy hand. Yeah. I need to execute. And execution gains respect. Right. right? No, 100%. Respect. And I, and I think so, so that, that's a big part of it. And so I, w- I don't want to make it seem like I was cured, um, at yeah. this point in my career. And then I just pivoted. And from that point on, I remained myself. <laughs> like, You're like, well, it was about no. 15 years ago. Exactly. There were some struggles in between. And I think it's by stage, you know, I, I mentioned this director role, like that yeah. was like a very important part of my career. Right. When I got to a VP role, that was a whole different level. And I would say that was um, even more challenging. Yeah. Because now you're kind of you're in a you're in different meetings. You're in yep. a different you're in a smaller group of people who are leading. Yes. And us working in a predominantly male industry. Yes. We get the guy part of it, right? Absolutely. Like, and anyone who tells you that is not a part of it is lying. <laughs> yeah. I remember, uh, you know, I was in a company where uh, they did personality test. I think yeah. it was like the disc. Yes. Right. And um I am a D and an I. So dominant, but yep. also the influencer. It's kind of yeah. like a combo of um I think I got that too. Right. Isn't that funny? Yeah. I think I, know I, I is Oprah. Like yeah. they were like a celebrity. <laughs> like, okay, am I really excited about that. Okay, like, I'm Oprah. <laughs> I'm Oprah, but I had the dominant too. Yeah. And but I remember some of the men that I worked with, a lot of them were very they were D's. They didn't have the eyes as okay. much, right? Some of the guys that I worked with on the leadership team. Yeah. And I remember in this training, it's like, well, the D's want you just to give it, give them the facts, tell them what it is. Don't give them the extras. Well, I have this eye in me. (laughs) Oh, crap. You're like, there is some Oprah coming out right now. (laughs) Like, I want to give you the background, the story. Exactly. I want to bring the tears out in you. (laughs) And so it's funny because I would try, I, I would, that was great advice that you have to um, alter your personality sometimes to be more effective yes. with certain personalities. And I would do that 
But at, at a certain extent, you still have to be who you are. Yes. I'm a storyteller. I, I do give some details that I think enhance. And, and the reality is that some of those guys that I work with that are D's needed me as an I. Oh, absolutely. Right? They needed yes. my I so that we can we help. soften the edges a little That's bit, exactly right? it. Yeah. That's exactly it. And if we all are D's and we're all just pure D's and we just want the facts or um, like it, it, it takes away from, yeah. from us selling our value prop, us communicating our mission to employees. And so I think we have to think about that piece of it. That Well, and what I love so much about what you're saying in addition to that is the women coming behind you and men, mm-hmm. to be honest, yeah. any, any gender are seeing you be yourself and be successful being authentically you. That's so that it then gives them the permission to be authentic. Now, like you said, you have to execute, right? Like at the end of the day, you have to execute and you have to show results. But if you can do that and be yourself and see a leader above you doing it, Absolutely. like what a great gift. Well, and you know, I think, um, I think of all the employees that have ever taken me aside and it's happened to me several times in my career. And typically they're either women Mm-hmm. Or they're people of color, right? Okay. Those two groups yeah. <laughs> or both. Um, but, you know, they'll come in my office and they'll close that door and they'll kind of whisper and they'll be like, hey, I, I just want you to know I, I saw you on a video. And, oh. and I part of me joining the company is like, I, I saw you. I saw you. Or I heard from wonderful. you or whatever. Yeah. And it's funny because it's always this whisper when they're talking. <laughs> You're like, listen, let's shout this from the rooftops, people. Yeah. But I think you take for granted like your influence. I know I certainly do. I don't yes. take myself that serious. Yes. And I take for granted that somebody's seeing your personality shine, yep. right? Either externally outside of the company or inside the company. And they're realizing like, she is like me. She may be different yep. maybe than other leaders that I've seen. And that's a good thing. That is an awesome thing. And this yeah. is a great segue. I definitely want to talk about Wokan, which is Women of Color yes. on Women Network. So you're a founder and the president. Yeah. What, how long have you been around now? For uh, it's August of 2020. I'll never forget. Wow. Yeah. Well, and congratulations. Year. I mean, <laughs> yes, it was. So tell me what was kind of the impetus for that? What made you really feel like this needed to come to the industry? Yeah, it's kind of related to what we're talking about when yeah. we talk about authentic leadership being who you are. Yeah. And I think in 2020, you know, it was, it was a monumental year for uh, us as a country. For like, a number of We had the reasons. pandemic going on, but yeah. there was also George Floyd. Yeah. And all of a sudden this discussion about race relations just bubbled up to the top. And all bubbled of a sudden. Bubbled up or erupted. Yeah. And all of a sudden I went from leaning into who I was as a woman that I had that established, right? Yes. I was a part of women's organizations. Yes. I had been on women's podcasts, but the part of me that I didn't talk about as much as being a black woman. Yeah. Right. And because yes. in my mind, it was a, a lot more controversial when you talk about race, it can get uncomfortable for people, yeah. particularly in our industry. And if you're a people pleaser to begin with, that's exactly, then you it. don't want to like create an And occurrence. I'm representing companies, right? Yes. So it, it is challenging for me to talk about my take on things, but I'm also representing the company always. Yes. Right. And yes. so I stayed away from those kind of topics in some ways, even though they were near and dear to my heart. I stayed away from the race part of me, which yeah. is equally when you talk about what's important to me, being black or being a woman, they're equal. Yes. They're okay. equal, right? And so yeah. 
Um, but but George Floyd happened, and all of a sudden now my coworkers mm-hmm. want to talk about race. Now okay. we're in in the building. We're having oh, um, committees, and we're <laughs> having DEI, and I'm right. having white co-work, co coworkers and colleagues reach out to me and say, yeah. hey, "I want to do more. What can I do?" Yeah, and it it really freed me up now to mm-hmm. talk about it because sure. it was an acceptable thing, not only in my company but in the industry. And so interesting because that happened literally overnight. Overnight, uh, that yeah. really blew. that was May of 2020. Yes, and three months later we started Wokan. And the okay. reason why it was it was it wasn't because of George Floyd, but it was the freedom for us to start talking about yes. what does it mean Have those discussions. to be a woman of color. And those were discussions that we would talk about amongst ourselves, yes. but not necessarily externally. As and you're what, talking, I'm getting like yeah. goosebumps everywhere. <laughs> and here's this. what it means. It means to go places where you are the only one. And not the only woman. But in some cases, the only person of color, yeah. like the only one. Yeah. And I think when we talk about, you know, authentic leadership and being yourself, sometimes that's hard, particularly when you're the only one. You're a yeah. unicorn. Yeah. And in some ways, you are representing not only all of women, but you're representing your entire race. A hundred percent. And I have to tell you, it's so funny. Yeah. I have a little side story with this yeah. that I love. So we met because I got on an actual Wokan. Um, That's right. The Google. Yes, Wokan Google. Training, yes. And I have to laugh because yeah. it was the first time ever I was the only white female <laughs> right? on the Zoom. And everything was Zoom by then, right? Yeah. And I was like, whoa. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm getting a little feels. bit of like. This is interesting, yes. you know, and so it's the first time I've had an experience where I was like, oh, I get it. Yes, I get it. Yeah, because you're questioning yourself a little bit. And am I going to say something stupid? I honestly and I was like, like, should I be in this room? I don't know. Maybe I need to get out of this room. Be, should like, I be here? Yes. All of those things is, is what we experience. Yeah, and I have. It's funny because we've had other primarily we've had some men and white women on our Wokan meetings and it's yeah. been the same thing. They're yeah. like. God, and one and one woman said, "Look, I kind of felt like I was out of the, out of the circle. Like there was something." But part of that is she had never been in that position. Well, that's exactly <laughs> right. You're like, "Welcome to my world. This is like yeah. what I do with daily." And so I think about that, and then I think about now. I I somehow slipped through, and I got I slipped through those cracks, and I yeah. made it through. And part of it's because I was raised in a very diverse environment as a kid. Okay. So I feel like I was kind of equipped in some ways to be the only one. Yeah, but. That's not everyone does isn't raised like that. Right. And so imagine joining the auto industry. You got the woman thing, and now you got the race thing. Like it's just tough, and you start to question yourself. You start to wonder: Is this industry for you? Yeah. Maybe there's a an easier industry where I can see a couple of me, and yeah. it just would be a little easier. Yeah. And and it's tough because there's also all eyes on you. So me oh, as a yeah. speaker. There be a hundred. There's at this conference. There's more women of color I've ever seen, right, than any other conference. That's but so exciting. In general, you go to a conference. It's a hundred speakers, and there's me. Yeah, <laughs> right in the and middle. The, the like, pressure that. of like you better <laughs> perform, or you're never going to end up on that agenda right. again. Like, <laughs> I am literally like yes. the like I all the the um, fate of women of color hangs on the balance on, on, on the balance of my performance, right? <laughs> And so there's just that pressure. And so I, I think about Wokan <laughs> and why we created it. And the first thing we created it for is just the network. Yeah. Literally to be intentional in creating this network. I love that. Because there were four of us, Amanda Gordon, um, 
Patrice Bangs, Erica Wells. Yeah. And we knew each other in the business. We would see each other and kind of go, oh, we like, oh, oh, oh hey you? there. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> but we really didn't know that others existed. We're at yeah. 500 members now. That's amazing. And you know, we only represent about 6% of the industry. We wow. represent 18% of the workforce. So we're underrepresented. Okay. But there are more of us than we thought. Yes. Black, Latina, Asian women. Absolutely. And so the network is part of it. Being able to have some safe conversations that, that maybe white women wouldn't understand, maybe men wouldn't understand, yeah. um, but also to be able to give them inspiration. Yeah. So back to you know, me, using me as an example of authentic leadership, yep. hearing from women in the business on the OEM side, on dealer, on vendor who've made it to high levels and kind of understanding how they did that, how did they maintain who they are as yes. women, as, as, as their culture, right? And then yeah. still navigate the corporate um, ladder. Yeah. It's is really what we're trying to showcase and show that because we think, you know, if you can't see it, then you can't be it. Right. Right. So let's show the examples. Uh, and then also the education piece. You mentioned you were on the Google training. Yeah. Is, you know, how do we level these women up? Mm-hmm. Because the reality is that as women of color, we are often not just the first in our companies, we are the first in our families in many cases. So I say, yes. you know, I'm first, I'm first generation middle class, right? My fa- my parents were, grew up very poor. Okay. Um, and most of the women, if you look at our members, most of them are first generation middle class. Really? First generation college educated, first generation American, right? Amazing. Many of our Latina and yes. Asian. Yes. Right? Okay. They're, that makes sense. So, yeah. so if you think about it, you're not just the first in your company you are the first male or in female in your whole family <laughs> and your whole and, community. Yes. Right. Yes. And I think the pressure of that, you need a network yeah. and it can't be broad strokes. It's just like, Oh, it's just women. Yeah. This is something actually very unique. It sounds like in terms it. of a challenge. Right. Yes. Yeah. So, well, I love that. <laughs> I love that you've brought this to the industry. Mm-hmm. Like I said, and I think that you are so many things, but one thing you also are is a mother yes. to two children. Yes. So we've got like, you know, Badass woman in Zach, <laughs> founder of this amazing organization, and now mother. So I ask all of my guests, yeah. how do you make it all work? And you especially, you are a busy, busy lady. Yeah. I every conference I go to, you're I'm there. there. <laughs> every podcast or interview I see is Carrie. So how do you pull it all together? Yeah, you know, I think for me, I mean, I'm like, I'm like the next woman that I constantly think I'm failing. Yeah, many things, right? Yeah. Like, God, I wish I could be better. I wish I could be more organized. Yeah, more present. Right. Um, so I struggle just like everyone else. I, I don't think there is a secret, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I the whole like work life balance. Yeah, I, I don't quite believe in it. I believe you do your best. I a hundred percent agree. But it never to me feels balanced. Yeah, and, and particularly because. I love my job. I love my children. I love my family. But I actually love my job. Yeah. And I find when I'm talking to women sometimes, like, they don't love their jobs. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Because I started this podcast for the exact same reason. Right. I loved my job so much. I loved my career. And I wanted to find other women who loved their career as much and figure out how to not feel so bad about yes. that. Yes, <laughs> yes. And, you know, they'll say, you know, you'll meet someone who hates their job. Yeah. And it's like, okay, it's really easy for them not to, like do the extra hours or whatever because you find the balance job right yes but for me i feel you know you feel kind of odd right yeah oh definitely i love my job it almost feels like um you shouldn't 
yes. love your job that much because that must mean you don't love your kids that much. That, that's exactly it. Yeah. And the reality is that my job is to raise children, obviously, and to to send them off at some point yeah. to live their own lives. And so what I what's very important for me is to have my own life right yes. at some point they are going to leave me to model for them well and to <laughs> and model, model for them, for them yes right? plus just let's like not be crying yeah. in the corner when our children leave That's us right exactly let's have some things that are happening yes. that are exciting have some, own something <laughs> of your own yes. and and so i think so to answer your question i mean for me i try to prioritize the big things like i okay. don't I don't miss the big things. Yeah. And what, what that means is, you know, your graduations, of course, but like their games. Yeah. Right? Their performances or choir performances. Like I will, I will leave conferences early and it, it's, mm. it's rare. It's conferences during the week per se. Yeah. But, um, but I, I will leave early or I took a red eye into digital dealers. Oh, right? yes. What a because of Mother's was. Day, because, because by Mother's the way, Day, digital no, dealers no stop digital scheduling dealer. this over Mother's Day. <laughs> yes, please. Please stop that. <laughs> but in California, I would have had to fly all set all Sunday. Right. right? So that's an example of like, I refuse to do that. Yeah. So what did I do? I took a red eye. Yeah. So I will make those kind of sacrifices right. for the big holidays, for their big events, because I think that's what they remember. I love that. You know, am a- I there absolutely. for every single thing? No. But but the big things, I make it a point to, to not miss. Yes. I love that so much. Yeah. Well, listen, Carrie, I could literally talk to you all day. We have talked almost all day now. No. <laughs> Before we hopped on the podcast, we had a great discussion. Exactly. Um, but thank you so much for coming on. And yes. if people want to reach out to you or find out about Wokan, Yes. Specifically, where should they go? Okay, so one, I'm on LinkedIn. So find me, Carrie Wise, on LinkedIn. Um, but also, if you're interested in Wokan, yes. WOCAutonetwork.com. Okay. Because <laughs> Wokan okay. was not available. Okay. <laughs> That's an agricultural group <laughs> oh, okay. of women. <laughs> Don't go join agricultural, guys. Make so, sure it's the right spot. WOCAutonetwork.com. You can go on there. You can become a member, and you'll see that it's prominent on our site. We also have ally memberships. So we okay. have 500 uh, women of color and we yeah. have 100 allies. These oh, are that's men great. and white women. That's wonderful. Who have joined. It's led by Sandy Zanino. Yes. And so you'll see become an ally and you could be a part of that. And of course, we're always taking corporate sponsorships. So I also okay, have to say that if you're interested in sponsoring us, we are very open to those discussions and partnering with the right company. So... Check me out. And then, um, obviously, you know, Audify, if there's any yeah. uh, any questions about Audify, kywise at audify.com. Well, you have just been the best. Thank you so much thank for taking so the time. Much. And I've really loved our discussion. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. If you enjoyed what you heard, please leave us a review or rating on your podcast player of choice. If you have a future female leader that you would like to hear on careering, please leave us her name and contact information at the link below. Thank you. Thank you.